That's right. Actually, I was just going to say thank you, Tiffany, for being up here and reading for the very first time. I just wanted to hand that microphone off to her, and she'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 2. Would we stand in honor of God's word together as a church, please? Thank you so much. Thank you. Good morning. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Let's say our scripture declaration together. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And uh, you guys can be seated. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss the kids to go back to the back. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss the teens. I forgot to make that announcement over uh, the um, things that I sent out via Facebook and via uh, the, uh, the email that you received. But our teens are meeting, so you can go back there with Brother Eric. Uh, The kids can go back with uh, Sister Tiffany, and they're going to be doing some teaching on your level and uh, in your vein, and uh, we appreciate that so much. All right, well, God's God's people today, as we join together, it is a pleasure and an honor, as always, to share the scriptures. I said in the things that I had sent out that today was going to be a little different, and it may feel a little bit similar to everything that we normally do and the way that we do it and the time and all of those things at first. But a little later on, things will get a little different. And uh, I believe that it will be a blessing to you and also a challenge to you. So I hope that you guys will hang with us and stick with us. So let's begin with something to learn. Um, Actually, if you don't mind going back, um, and you know, I, I think Uh, that's actually going to start moving a little quicker today. I meant to tell you earlier, but I hope it's moving a little quicker. I I feel so bad for Colin and for all of the young family that are doing some of the work back there on our tech stuff because the computer has been lagging like crazy. It's like, can you go back to that slide? And she's like, I already pushed it five seconds ago and it's just not moving if you've ever had that experience. But today we're starting what I would call a mini-series about the church And uh, despite the graphic here, that really should have a capital C on there. Uh, When I built that, I should have put a capital C on there because the church is not this church. It is the church universal, which extends to the ends of the earth on every single continent, on 
names of places and cities and towns that you have never heard of before and I have never heard of before. The word of God is spreading to the ends of the earth. And whenever they join the family of God, they join the church universal with the capital C. And so I encourage you over the next week or two that we will be sharing some words about the church and what that is, what it isn't, and then why it still matters. And so I want to just share a couple of those things with you today in a little different way that you might not necessarily recognize at first, but hopefully will by the end. So as we start a mini-series, let's start off with something to learn. And this is it right here. When Christ left the earth, he told the disciples to wait until the Holy Spirit fell upon them and then to preach and teach about him in Jerusalem and eventually go from there to the ends of the earth. That's something that we call the Great Commission. When the Spirit fell on the disciples and on others on the day of Pentecost, that's 50 days from Passover, which is right about when Jesus died, there the church, capital C, was born. He preached and about 5,000 people came to know the Lord in that very moment. And so it's a very, very important time. This is the beginning of what we call the church age. And so as we go to our next slide, we understand this is where the church was born. Now, having said that, the church continues to this day, and some of this may be very familiar ground to you, but I want to just share something with you that you don't want to miss, and then I want to talk a little bit about why it's important that we don't miss it. The world loves to make the church the object of its scorns, but the church, capital C, was what Christ chose to leave behind when he left our world. I know that the church is not perfect. I said we would talk about what it is, what it is not, and why it still matters. The reason why it still matters is, is because this is the only organization that Jesus left for us when he left this earth. And it mattered enough to him for that to be his legacy. And as you know that and grasp that, understand that the church is not perfect. And I know that. I am in many ways seen as a representative of the church. And so every time there's a scandal, that kind of comes back to me, and I have to answer a question here and there. You're a pastor. Well, what do you think about this thing that happened? Or that preacher that had that affair? Or this terrible scandal that happened in the church? What do you think about preachers and pastors jetting around in a private jet? And I'm like, well, mine's down the road. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying here, right? Ultimately, you understand that why is that? Because all of us as Christians, maybe I need just a tiny bit more volume. I feel like I'm yelling. And if I'm yelling, I want to make sure I'm yelling correctly. I don't know. <laughs> That's a, thank you so much, Ms. Lee. So ultimately, like what I am wondering about here and what I'm thinking about here is do you understand that we are representatives of the church, capital C, and every time something negative happens in the church, our lives ought to be that balance on the other side where they go, yeah, but, you know, I know a Christian and they're as real as it gets. And they're not perfect and they don't pretend to be perfect, but one thing they are is they are authentic. And so if we're not balancing out that, then all that the church becomes for the world out there and society at large is something to heap scorn on and they have nothing else to balance that scale. You guys with me? Can y'all give me an amen real quick? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay, so here's what I would share with you as we move on. Let's go to our next slide here. 
This is the Church of the Nativity. It's a very basic and very stripped down place. How many of you guys have ever been in a, a, a Catholic church or a cathedral over in Europe before or overseas? I mean, it is impressive because it's like, wow, never seen so much gold and gilded look and all this. My daughter, Tori, spent a little bit of time overseas uh, doing some um, uh, educational things in Rome. And she said, it's ridiculous. I said, what are you talking about? She said, literally, I've gone into three cathedrals and every single one of them has the most beautiful marble I've ever laid my eyes on, only eclipsed by the last one that I went in, only eclipsed by the other one that I went in today. You're like, she was like, it's just ridiculous in its overabundance. But that is not what Christ wanted us to do to impress the world. I'm going to say that one more time and you guys can jump in and say amen at the end. That is not what we're supposed to be doing to impress the world. Amen. I mean, we as Christians should be impressing them by the way that we live. The church of the nativity. Jesus didn't found the church of the nativity. He didn't say right here is where I was born. So if you guys don't mind, let's build a, let's build a building right here. He left the world not having built a building not having a cornerstone somewhere, but being the cornerstone of the capital C church because he knew that his followers knew enough in their hearts that they would make him known everywhere that they went. And they went out and they built the churches and they built the temples and they built the cathedrals to his name. He didn't build a one. Instead, he, built all, he spent all of his time building the people that would later build the buildings that would, you know, become the church that we see visibly. You guys understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying good or bad, but I am saying this. Oftentimes, if we say the church is over there on the corner, that is accurate, but that's not all that the church is. If the church is not more than that, then we have missed the point. Would you guys agree with that? If the church is not more than the facilities where they meet, then we have missed the point. You may or may not know this. But this building actually houses five distinct different bodies of Christ. And the reason that that is important is, is that every one of those people that meet in this place are meeting and reaching a different group and a different dynamic and a different people group that we as our church body are not necessarily going to reach. We have two Spanish-speaking churches. We have a church here that meets just following us that is led by a Nigerian pastor. Then uh, we also have another church that's meeting here on Saturday afternoons. That may be me, I don't know. But ultimately, they are reaching a different group and a different set of people that we are not reaching. Yes, I'm going to move to this real quickly, and they will, I think, replace my batteries in my, uh, my headset, I think. But ultimately, the reason that we do that and the reason that those places uh, meet or those churches meet here in this place is because this is not a place where only one part of God's family is supposed to be meeting. We're supposed to be meeting as a larger group and as a larger entity. We are the capital C church as we meet here in this church building with the little C church building. You guys understand? So ultimately, when Christ left, he did not leave 
with a church building as his legacy. He left with the capital C, church, in the hearts of human beings as his legacy. That's what he wanted to leave beyond all other things. So this is why it's so important that we, as the church, act and work and connect and live our life as the church, capital C. And so this is why it's so important. Now let's go to our next slide, and I believe it's our big idea today. The church is the living legacy of Jesus Christ. The church is the living legacy of Jesus Christ. Can you guys say that on the count of three with me? Ready, one, two, three. The church is the living legacy of Jesus Christ. Now, I in many ways want to make my father very proud. He is probably the hero in my life. In many ways, I've always looked up to him and wanted to be like him, wanted to grow up being like my father. I know that I am blessed. There are many people that do not have that same situation, that they don't have that same connection with their fathers. But I feel blessed to have that connection. And one of the things that I want to do is, is I want to take the legacy that he began and I want to make it known in this generation wherever I go. I want them to look at me and go, he's a good representation for the man that he idolizes and has as a hero. You guys with me? Turn it around and in the capital C church, we are the ones who share the legacy of Jesus Christ, not because we have a beautiful building or a beautiful cathedral, but because we are people who are doing what we ought to be doing in this difficult world and that we should be shining as lights. That's what it is all about. And so we as the church become in many ways the legacy of Jesus Christ because this is all that he left and it's in our hands today. So let's go to our next slide very quickly. Where do we find Jesus in the passage that uh, we just read from Ephesians chapter 2? Jesus is the foundation of everything that we do as a church. And I put a little asterisk right there. Do y'all see that? I put that asterisk because that's what it is supposed to be. That is not always how we live up to things, but that is what we are supposed to be as the church. He is the one who brought it all into existence in the first place. In other words, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, where it says, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the what? Chief cornerstone. He is the one who it's built around and built on his legacy. So that's why this is so important. There's Jesus in Ephesians chapter 2 as the chief cornerstone of the capital C, what? Church. Let's go to our next slide. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. The last words of Christ as he sent out his people, he said to them, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How many of you know what this is often referred to? It is called the great what? Great commission. The great commission. He gave us a commission, a job to do. He sent us out. This is called the great commission. Now let's go to our next slide. This is what is often referred to as the great or the greatest commandment. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 
And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So we have the great commission in Matthew 28. And we have the great commandment in Matthew chapter 22. Let's go to our next slide. Let's talk about what makes a great church. What makes a great church? I'm here to tell you something. I believe with all of my heart that a church has five pillars, five things that are going on in the church, or it is not a church. There are five things that there must be for every church to be a church, or it is an organization that might have Christ at its core, but it is not what they call, what, what he called the church. Five pillars of a great church. Very quickly, each one is done well. Let's go to our next slide. First of all is magnify. Let's talk about what that means. Let's go to our next slide. Magnify is the worship element. In other words, where it talks about things and he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, then that has to be an act of worship. And so that is the worship element of what a great church is. Let's go to our next slide. The other is membership. And not in membership like I wrote your name down in my computer so you're now a member, but where you have said, I believe in the teachings of Christ. I submit to the teachings of Christ. I become a disciple of Christ. And we, as a church, do life together. That is membership in the body of Christ, where we looked at that in Ephesians chapter two. Let's go to our next slide. And that is the connection element where you are connected to me and I am connected to you. What you go through matters to me and vice versa, where we support, where we not only come to be blessed, but we also come to be a blessing. Let's go to our next slide. Here, the third pillar of a great church is the maturity thing, where you know that you are growing in your relationship with Christ, where you know more of God than you did before, where you are learning, where you are accessing that kind of information about what does the Bible teach, what does it look like to live a godly life. That is important. You have the worship element, you have the connection element, and here you have the growth element of what a church is. Five pillars of a great church. These three things plus two more have to be there. Let's go to our next slide. And as you see here, the growth element we've already talked about. Let's go to our next slide here. And this is back in Ephesians that Tiffany read for us. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers. You're no longer Jews and Gentiles, but instead fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's own household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as what? The chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And then as we go to the last part of chapter uh, two, verse 22 on our next slide, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In other words, you and I don't join a church and then sit. We join a church and keep moving towards what God would have us to be. And we grow together, your growth encouraging me and my growth encouraging you. And we as a family and a membership group move towards what God would have us to be as the capital C Church 
Universal and Capital, uh, and not Capital C, but the Eagle Heights Church group right here. Let's go to our next slide. The fourth is ministry. The idea of ministering to one another, this usually is more internal in the church where I minister to you and you minister to me. We go back and forth and encourage one another in a tangible way. We talk about the worship team ministering. They're encouraging us by helping us magnify, but they are also using their gift. And trust me, thank God for those who are gifted in music who are up here singing and leading because ultimately that matters. That is something that is a blessing to our church together. It's the ministry. Let's go to our next slide there. And this here is the serving element internally. And then finally, the fifth element. And I'm going to ask the ladies who are coming up to come on up. And y'all can go ahead and have a seat real quickly if you don't mind. But the fifth element is mission. The idea of sharing the love of Christ outward. This is serving and sharing in an external way, not just simply internally. Let's go to our next slide here. And I just want to remind you that if you are a part of the church and these are the two pillars that you participate in, does that look like that's going to bring stability to your life? <laughs> How many of you would love for your house and your roof to look like this? Probably not. Why? Because ultimately there are five pillars to a great church. And that is something that Rick Warren also speaks about. But he also speaks about it in this way, the purpose-driven life. If you've read something that's called the purpose-driven church, he speaks about those five pillars. And he says, this is what makes a great church. But guess what? He wrote a book. And as he wrote that next book, he said these words. He said, this is also what makes a great life. Now listen, I just shared all of those five pillars with you as the thing that makes a great church. Now I'm here to tell you that you desire and need those five things in your life for you to have a life that brings you fulfillment and joy. If you don't have it, then you will not have a great life. There will always feel like there's at least one element missing. You guys understand what I'm saying here? Look closely. There's something that you need to worship. You need to feel connected in some way to someone and something. You need to be growing in your life. You need to be serving other people in your life. Let's go back if you don't mind. And then that final thing there is that mission that idea that you say, I'm going to be sharing this with other people outwardly, and I want to be involved in that. I have a greater mission in my life. These things don't just make a great church, but they also make a great life. You guys with me so far? Okay. Now, you're probably wondering, what are they doing up here? I'm going to share that with you real quickly. Let me share something that's going to feel like a commercial for an extended period of time. So can y'all just give me a little bit of trust here, okay? Just trust me on this. We're just gonna go through something and I'm gonna bring it all back together in just a moment. I wanna talk about our plates with a purpose and I'm gonna show you some pictures. So our plates with a purpose happened this past Thursday night and it was a ton of fun. We had groups there 
there's uh, the first uh, picture of that particular one. And then they flipped it around. They said, let's get all of that ugly at the bottom right out and let's put it at the back. There it is right there. But yes, this is the first table uh, and the people that were there at all the different ones. And then this is our second table as we go to our next slide. And uh, man, we had a great time. I want to say thank you, Mario Castro. Thank you so much. Can you wave at everybody? We appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Here's what happened. Each one paid a little extra and a little over for being a part of the plates with purpose. Some of you made a donation and that kind of thing, and it was a huge blessing. We raised at very least $1,500 profit that we're sending down there just simply because we got together, we had a great meal, we had a great time, and then we turned around and said we just gave each one just a little bit extra, and all that extra is going to be a blessing. And so we just made about $1,500 that we're sending down to the Gethsemane Orphanage just to be a blessing to them because you guys were a part of it. And y'all were there. I mean, it was about a two-hour event. We came in, we sat down, we enjoyed our meal, and the food was awesome. And I'd take another one of those bread puddings to go, please, sir. And uh, man, we just had a blast. And then we left, and we started figuring up the numbers, and we had over $1,500 that was given towards the Gethsemane Orphanage. I feel like that deserves a hand. How about that, amen? Isn't that awesome? So we will be doing other plates with purpose, and that is for the future. But I thought this would be a good opportunity for you to understand why we did plates with purpose. The reason that we did plates with purpose is because that ultimately we do a lot of things for the Gethsemane Orphanage, but a lot of the time we end up doing those at the very end of, um, uh, of the year. And a lot of you guys are spending money for your kids for your travel, all of that stuff. And we wanna be as generous as we possibly can, but we also know that there's ways that we can be a blessing throughout the year, not just simply at the end of the year. And so we thought, well, we are going to be talking a little bit today uh, about what we can do as we move towards the idea of going towards our silent auction. And if you don't know, the silent auction is not run by me in any way, shape, or form. That's why it goes so wonderful every year. These ladies take care of that. We do our white envelopes and all those different things. And we have a silent auction that raises money and support for down there. Scott Young does a ton of work to put that online so you can make all those bids and things online. And it may seem like, okay, Randy, well, what, what does this have to do with the first part of today's message? Can I just give you a quick little insight? Plates with a Purpose was not successful because one person gave a ton of money. Plates with a Purpose was successful because tons of people gave a little bit. I'm gonna say that again. Plates with a Purpose raised 1,500 plus dollars, not because one person gave a ton of money, but because everybody gave a little. Now, you may be thinking, so what are you saying? What I'm saying is a great church is not because one person is a superstar or one or two people do tons of stuff, but because everybody is a smiling face when they walk through the door. And everybody is not here to receive a blessing, but to receive it and to be one. The great church is not one person, two people, four people, five people. It is everyone together, each one doing their part and realizing I am a part of this church and I am a part of the 
capital C, church. And so I want to be a blessing when I come to my local church. Now, let me say one other thing. We're gonna talk about what you can do to be a blessing. But the reason that we're talking about this today in this vein is Plates with a Purpose just happened. But I wanna show you that you can always be a part of doing God's work and being on mission and ministering in some way, these ladies are gonna tell you ways that you can work it. It'd be about a 10 minute time that we share together. But ultimately, this is not about doing something for the orphanage. This is you saying, oh yeah, one more opportunity for me to do a small part to be a blessing in this church and to be a blessing for the universal church. If you guys are all with me and you understand what I'm saying, can y'all give me an amen? Amen? Okay. All right. So real quickly, I want to just share this. Ladies, y'all didn't realize you were going to be preaching today, did you? All right. So let's go to our slides here um, and right here. I want to talk about this first. Why is it so close to your heart? And I know that you said that you wanted to mention why it was so close to your heart. So uh, this is Roseanne. Uh, and this is Alicia, and we'll share more of their information later. But Roseanne and I had a conversation the other day. Uh, big, big driving force behind our time that we do with our uh, white envelopes as well as our um, uh, the, the silent auction. So you said this was important to you for a certain reason. Do you mind just kind of sharing that? Okay. Well, I'm really passionate about this. We, we have five children. We have 19 grandchildren and a great-grandchild. They have everything they need. I mean, mm -hmm. they are taken care of by their parents, by us. Here are all these children that live in a place where they're so loved and their, their resources are so slim. The Mexican government doesn't do anything for them. It's all supported by churches or individuals. I know in the past... And it was, I think it was during COVID, mm -hmm. they were having to like kill the chickens to feed the children. So therefore they didn't have the eggs from the chickens. I mean, is there any day that anyone in this church doesn't have enough to eat? Or if you know somebody that doesn't have something, you help them out. And then the other thing is, I know there was a time that they had to make a choice. Um, and I think our sister church, Connect Church, which is in Conroe, um, took care of this, where they, they either had to buy the school uniforms for the kids or they had to buy the medicine that they needed. So, I mean, their needs are great needs, where our needs are like, oh, I'd really like this, but we don't really need anything. No, that's good. Okay. That's good. Okay. Well, and so... How can you help the Mexico drive? We're gonna have lots to say in the days in the future, but we thought we'd share a little bit of how you could get involved and be a part of it. So let's go, and we made this list, so I'm gonna turn to the ladies each time, and they're gonna kinda share a little bit. So here it says, be willing to give us an in at your job or place that you shop that you've spoken to about helping. So why don't you run there? Okay, what, Alicia and I go to anywhere we can think of to ask for a donation. And rarely do people say no. Sometimes they'll say, here's an email address, you need to email this person. But if you have a business or you know somebody that does or you have a relative or a friend or you're, you, know, you know somebody that works somewhere, 
this is what happens. Last year I went the normal route for gringos and we got a $30 gift card, which is wonderful. This year, I have a friend who knows one of the co-owners of Gringo's, so I went to her and she went to him and put us in contact and we got a $100 gift card. So it helps. And I'm sure there's people in here that know somebody or their next door neighbor or their relative. I mean, if you work somewhere or you're a man, know a manager, reach out to them. If you need help, Alicia and I are here. You know, do the initial reach out. And if we need to follow up, we're more than happy to. But it would help, and we'll get, we'll get more donations because of this. The two of us can only do so much, and you know we have great things to bid on. We just need to get it all together. And Alicia has an example, too. Uh, so Scott um, has a co-worker. So Scott has a co-worker who... Um, knows the manager of BB's restaurant, and so they're working together to get us things. So it's like a connection, you know, together through several people that can help us get some great gift cards and baskets and just different items. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, and then let's go ahead and go to... No, no, go ahead and leave it on. That's okay. Um, and then our third one there is new items and gift cards that you don't want to use. In other words... There probably you've gotten something that isn't necessarily something that you are going to use, but it's probably going to sit in your closet and not get used or sit on a shelf somewhere and not get used. Why don't you bring that to us and uh, let us use it? Okay. These, can be, these can be a small item. We put baskets together, like kitchen baskets That's okay. That's or toy, you know, toy baskets, game baskets. We put all kinds of baskets together. So even if it's a small item... It can be used or, you know, any kind of gift card. It would be used either as an actual auction item or it might be used to purchase something that could be put in the auction. So all of that would help. And the other thing... Um, go to the next one. Yeah, go to the next one, I think. <laughs> okay. And, okay, and we need baskets, but we need big baskets. Yeah. Because the more we put in a basket, the more bids we can get. Um, we do have some, but last, I don't know, last year or the year before, right at the end we needed some, so I just went and bought them. But then you're paying like $20 for a basket at Hobby Lobby, and that, you know, it's my donation, that's fine, but, you know, if we can get free baskets or nice boxes or nice containers, but we really need like large items. Everybody, everybody kind of understands so far. And so you see nothing that we're talking about here is over like asking a ton, but each person doing a little makes a big difference for each one. Okay, so let's go to our next slide here as we go to this. It says every item that you, uh, that you send or whatever will get used one way or another. Okay, and, and the reason we're saying this is if you don't see your item on the silent auction table, if we have grab bags this year, which I don't know if we are, but if we do, that could be in a grab bag. Or it could have been um, used, like if it's a gift card, could have been used to buy an item. Or the, some items, if it's something the orphanage could use, that could have been sent there direct. The other thing that happens, last year we had someone that donated some artwork. Well, it was a lot of artwork, so 
we, I, we didn't put it in the silent auction. It got sold and the money went to the orphanage. So if you, if you donated something that we felt like we could get more money by selling it, or if we knew somebody that would buy it for a better price, we'll do that. But everything in the end goes to the orphanage. No money is, like, there's no money put out. Everything's donated. The one thing, like with the donations, I tell everybody, I, I'm fr our friends all through the year are bringing me things. I go to Bunko once a month. I just send an email out to those ladies. I scrapbook, I send an email out to those ladies. Um, you know, I go to a Bible study on Tuesday. Last Tuesday I said, hey, if anybody has anything, well, the person whose house was at was already saying, well, here I have this stuff, can you use it? We can use anything. We can use all of it. And, and all that does is gives us more. That's good. And, and again, just this is the idea here is living on mission where you don't just simply see interactions as, oh, you know, great, we enjoyed that. But you look at it and you say, this is my opportunity to be a blessing and to be, you know, blessed in some way, you know, for the kingdom work or whatever it might be. Um, and I, oh, last item was pampered chef, etc. We want to talk to you. Not that you are a pampered chef, but if you know, ladies, <laughs> ladies, y'all know pampered chef and what that means. That's not, you know, that's like a, a, a party, like an Avon type party from back in the day and other things. Um, so okay. if anybody in the church sells pampered chef or Scentsy or any other product similar where, you know, you do a party, you know, maybe there's a possibility that one of the next ladies events would be a party. And all of the items that were earned, would have been earned for the hostess, can go to the auction. And maybe, you know, if, if we're really nice to that rep, they would <laughs> donate some extra items. So that, that just would be a fun ladies' night, plus would bring in some items for the auction. All right. And I think that's what we've got. But let's go to our next slide here. This is Roseanne, this is Alicia, these are their phone numbers, and if you need to get in touch with them, if you know that this is your part, then you're good to go, it's right there, get in touch with them, let them know, because this is going to be here before you know it, and in a lot of ways, a lot of the time, part of our issue is, is that ultimately, the time for you to get involved is not when we've already set up the auction, <laughs> Because then it's already kind of past time. Just like if you want to vote, if you want to vote in November, you have to register right now. Because you can't register right up to the very day before. You will not be able to vote. And it's the same way as we're dealing with this. If we're going to make a difference and make an impact, we need to start now. And then we'll put it together then rather than being collecting it right then. You guys understand what I'm saying? Okay. Let me add one more thing. Yes, ma'am. First of all, if, if you go, like, to a manager or you have your own business and you need a donation letter, um, Alicia and I have those. Once we know, like, who's donating and what they're donating, we can supply a, a donation letter to you. And also, just a sneak preview, okay? A sneak preview. There is a $100 gift card from Gringo's. There will be a BB's gift card. Um, I went 
to, I take our grandchildren to the Discovery Center in Fort Bend all the time. Well, they gave us four, no, six free passes. So, and there might be some Italian cream cakes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so it's just, and it goes on and on and on. I've already gotten quite a few donations, but we need a lot more and we need them now. So Scott has time to put them online and doesn't have to spend his whole Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> doing the auction, which is what has happened in the past. So we're hoping that before Thanksgiving, we can have this all together. All right. So ladies, thank you so much. Can we give these ladies a hand for sharing for just a moment? Thank you. I will take these and put them back over here. And thank you guys. Now you may be saying, Randy, why did you interrupt this talking about the church and this whole thing that basically became a commercial? <laughs> I'm glad I pretended you asked, okay? Here's the problem. For most of us, we think that we know what the church is. The church is not this and this and these other three don't count. The church is not we do these two or three things and then this just never gets worked on. Let's go back for just a moment and talk about what is the church. The church is all of us doing our part. Now let's merge what we've been talking about with the Great Commission and the greatest commandment with what we see. And I want you to pay special attention, if you would. So here, as we begin, let's talk about what's on slide number 36. Rick Warren talks about it in this way. He says, a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. And this is true. So here's what we see as we go to our next slide. Here we see merging the M's with the two GC's. To magnify is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. To minister is to love your neighbor as yourself. To be on mission is to go, therefore, and to make disciples. Are you guys following this? Let's go to our next slide. And then as we go a little further, membership is baptizing them. That's identifying with the Christian community, being a brother and sister in Christ. And maturity is teaching them to obey all things that I command you. Those are all the great commission and the great commandment broken down into the five, the five elements of a church. If you don't have those, then you will not actually be doing church. And you will not have a great life if you do not have and regularly participate in those five elements in your own personal life. If you don't have them, all you got to do is just roll up your sleeves. And as you go, if you go to this next slide, you'll see as you talk about those different ones, there's bleed over, but you can see the differences. You understand there are differences. Ultimately, it is about worship, connection, growth, serving, and sharing. And as we talk about all the time around here, we come to be blessed, but we also come to what? be a blessing. A great church is not every one of us coming to receive as many blessings as we possibly can. A great church is every one of us coming to receive a blessing and then looking to be a blessing as often as we possibly can. For many of us, we are doing one but not the other. 
for all of us, we should be doing both every chance we get. I want to take just a moment real quickly. A lot of the time that we've been spending as a church family over the last couple of weeks, we've been lifting up John Atkinson in prayer. That's membership. That's our brother in Christ who needs us. But you don't know this, that this happened. But this is what happened, kind of behind the scenes, unknown to you. John was down and really struggling. He was at a dark point in his life. And Keel and Jessica were having a cookout at their house. And Peter Robinson and Patricia Robinson were there as well. We were talking and I said, man, Peter, if you think that that would be something you could do, it'd be a blessing. If you could just reach out to him and tell him, you know, you're thinking of him and call him. Peter said, no, we're getting together over at Keel and Jessica's. We're going to call and we're going to invite them over to be a part of our cookout. And when they come over here, we're going to lay hands on them and pray for them. They did not do that. This happened months ago. <laughs> they did not do that because they wanted you to know what they were doing. They did that because they wanted to be a blessing to their brother who they love in Christ who needed to be encouraged in that moment. I'm not sharing that to put them on a pedestal or in any way shame you or me because I wasn't there. But ultimately, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be the church. And most of us think that the church is what we show up for, not what we do in our daily life. And if we're going to be the church the way God intends for us to be the church, then we've got to make church not something that we attend, but something that we are. Can I get an amen? Let's check out this video as we close. In a world that seems shaky and unsure, in a life that feels uncertain and unclear, there is this place that gives shelter from the storm, not by the roof over our heads. There's this place that puts solid ground under our feet, but not because the floor is strong. There's this place that's fortified on all its sides, not because the walls are sturdy. This house of prayer is not a building but it's built on the cornerstone of Jesus. A foundation poured from the Word of God. We faithful gathered together, believers from all walks of life, followers of Christ, the body, the bride, sinners to be sure, but cleansed by the blood of Jesus, celebrating the new life made possible by the sacrifice Jesus made. It's here that we celebrate the good news then go out to share it with a world in need of hearing it. This is the church. Come on in. You're always welcome here. All right, so thank you so much for your time and for your attention. I encourage you as you go your separate ways and before you walk out of these doors, look for an opportunity to be a blessing because you might be giving a blessing to someone who desperately needs to receive one. So I encourage you, be a blessing 
and then go this week and be the church wherever God has called you to go. And so God bless you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your attention. Appreciate the ladies who helped me today, this morning. You can see them after church. And I ask you all to say it along with me as we end the way that we always do. We have just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great week. Love you guys. Y'all have a great week.